0: And good morning. Welcome into In Focus here on News Radio KMAN. I'm Brandon Peoples. Today is City Day here on the program. So we have some officials here joining us this morning Manhattan City Manager Ron Fear and uh, Commissioner Wynn Butler. Good morning to both of you. Good morning, Brandon. Good morning, Brandon. And Nick McNamara is producing things here as well. He's uh, our City Beat reporter. So uh, he'll probably be part of the conversation here today as well. And uh, we're also uh,
1: introducing a, a new employee here, Ron. We are. Uh, we've got our public information officer, Andrew. Been on the job, what, two weeks now? Just about, yeah. Yep. So uh, why don't you tell folks a little bit about yourself and uh, former case dater? So we're, we're good, good to have him uh, back in Manhattan and uh, having that position occupied.
2: Yeah, uh, my name is Andrew Lawson, and I am the new communications manager and public information officer for the city of Manhattan. Uh, started on March 23rd, so it's been a bit of a whirlwind so far, getting caught up on everything. Um, I've been in Arc City for about the last 13 years. I was uh, with the Arc City Traveler as a webmaster, and worked my web managing editor for about half that time. And then I was Arc City's first PIO for the rest of it. And uh, down there, I worked with Brady, who was uh, up here before you. And uh, so i got a lot of experience you know, work with radio and, and other media entities, but it's nice to bring it to a bigger stage, and it was really nice to have a chance to get back to Manhattan. It's my second home, and spent some of my best years up here at K-State, so really excited for the opportunity to get back in the community and just trying to figure out how to unload my house and get up here and uh, deal with the housing market and all that fun stuff. But yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and a lot of things are going on right now. I've come in at a good time, I think, so I'm just pleased to be here and help the community however I can. That's
0: true. Awesome. We'll look forward to working with you here and uh welcome and uh go cats. Yeah, thank you. Well, uh certainly good to have that and I know we had some other change ups here. Stephanie Peterson, I saw Friday was uh introduced as the new uh Director of Community Development.
1: We were uh, fortunate that uh we had uh, some internal and external candidates for that and we're pleased uh, that Stephanie uh was interested in the position and uh Appreciate her. Uh, uh, obviously, she's she actually uh, uh, worked for us before uh, quite a bit, quite a long time ago. But uh, uh, she uh, certainly knows the community and uh, has done a great job of leading the metropolitan planning organization, active in state organizations. So we're pleased that we can keep her in the community and uh, uh, look forward to having her uh, work with everybody as. Uh, She comes on board, uh, I think it's around the first week of May or so that uh, uh, she's planning to start, and she buttons stuff up at the MPO and uh, working on lead our community development department. Wonderful.
0: All right. Any other positions that I'm I'm leaving out here? I think that's all so
1: far for a while. So,
0: yeah. (laughs) Last time we spoke was like three weeks ago, so it seems like eons ago. (laughs) Um. But, uh, you know, on that note, this week is a uh, particularly busy week here in the city. Of course, uh, spring cleanup is underway. That
1: started yesterday and uh, continues through Friday. It does. Uh, Yeah, just driving out, still seeing it looks like they're transitioning from the uh, first area, which is essentially uh, the older part of Manhattan, uh, was where they started Yesterday still saw some trucks, quite a bit of activity out uh, in this area now in the northeast part of town is to today's kind of pickup area. They will uh, they kind of rotate around the community. So uh, tomorrow's schedule would be uh, uh, north of Anderson, west of North Manhattan Avenue, and then uh, east of Seth Child is the, the next area for pickup. Uh, so we really need to focus on having stuff out uh, before your scheduled day. You know, early that early that morning, so that because uh, they don't go back through the areas. If you if you've been in day one and and you're just now putting stuff out, you're you're too late. Um, so that's really, and you really need to emphasize that uh, you know try to get uh, uh, your leaves and, and compostable type stuff uh, in in recyclable paper bags that you can get at any number of the local uh, yard stores and and home improvement stores uh, uh, in the community. And then your limbs need to be stacked in a separate pile, not, not mixed together there. And then uh, we work with several of the trash haulers. And so they're willing to take uh, a little bit extra quantity, maybe some things. There's some prohibitive items. Encourage folks to go to the City of Manhattan website, cityofmhk.com slash spring cleanup. And there's a good flyer there that speaks to uh, uh, things like, you know, don't put appliances, tires, batteries, concrete, construction, rubble, that kind of stuff, household hazardous waste. You know, that's not something they're they're going to take. They're going to leave that that behind. But some of that other things, you know, a lot of those might be limited to one container. So if you put some other stuff by that container, whether it's old broken furniture or something like that, they'll 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 take that. So uh, and they'll do that on their normal trash day. Whatever your normal trash day is, that's when the, you would uh, have that that type of uh, of uh, material uh, collected. So uh, good information there on the website. Things uh, seem to be going well and. Uh, Hope folks are taking advantage of it. Kind of, we've been waiting for spring for a while. Although it wasn't a horrible winter, uh, (laughs) but uh, we could certainly uh, use some moisture for sure. So uh, appreciate everybody's cooperation in that, and hope they'll uh, get some uh, good service from that.
0: It seems like a pretty uh, effective program. Having lived here for the last three years, it seems like a lot of folks really take part of it. When do you want to weigh in on that a little bit?
3: I think it works fine. If you know. A lot of people confused as to schedule, but I think we've got a great map up on the city website, and if you look at that map, it sort of captures the, the whole thing. And as I'm driving around town, I see lots of limbs and things piled up. I think uh, some remain still from that 80-mile-an-hour wind that came through in December. That put a lot mm-hmm. of limbs on the ground, so should get a lot of those picked up this week.
0: Yeah. Well, and uh, as you mentioned, springtime, and it's almost like a renewed energy when you reach springtime because people want to get out, and the weather's nicer, and Get their places looking nice. So it's a nice effort. Uh, 9 13 here at News Radio KMAN. Why don't we take our first break here and we'll uh, get into what's going on at the uh, city commission meeting because there's a lot to unpack here tonight. We'll do that coming up next here on News Radio KMAN. We are back here on In Focus News Radio KMAN talking with our city officials here from the city of Manhattan. Uh, Ron Fear, city manager, and Commissioner Wynn Butler. And the City Commission does have their meeting tonight at 7 o'clock. There's also a briefing session at 5.30. Uh, But uh, a lot on the agenda tonight here, including uh, several public hearings we'll get into. Uh, And a lot of it is, Ron, dealing with uh, what we've been talking about here the last couple months here with the Art and Light Museum proposal uh, for downtown and the expanded Starbond District, Uh, this having to do... Uh, well, I guess let's start with the public hearing. What will that
1: entail here? Yeah, actually there's uh, two public hearings uh, for scheduled for the Art and Light Museum. One we had planned to have uh, all along. The other one just kind of uh, popped up uh, based on the Historic Resources Board uh, action last week. Uh, the applicant uh, was in front of them to uh, review the project uh, as proposed. Uh, the They are the primary reason for the, the second public hearing that was scheduled was, as you know, we've been uh, – we ex- the commission just completed expanding the district uh, for the Starbond District for them to relocate, change locations from what had been approved last year down in the, the south end and the essentially was the parking lot for the Discovery Center, uh, primarily between that and the hotel there, and uh, picked a new location that uh, they – they felt like would maybe fit them better uh, for that site, and and uh, maybe be a little less impactful on on folks. And so uh, they uh, purchased the the old, what I call the old Sears building, and and some folks that I haven't don't remember that far back. Uh, uh, it's the uh, kind of the blonde brick building at uh, uh, the southeast corner of Fourth and Houston Street. Um, and so uh, it also has a, a parking area on the south side of it that is adjacent to Pierre Street. And so uh, they're changing proposed locations. And so the, the second public hearing that we had planned to have is they have to amend the redevelopment plan that was approved f- for the old location. So essentially a lot of that information is the same about uh, the particular building and the new museum. Uh, however, the big change is obviously it's in a new location in the new district, uh, and they're reutilizing, the uh, they're renovating the, the former Sears building, preserving it, uh, and then adding this uh, main museum onto the south side of that in the parking lot uh, as an attachment. So uh, they were, that area is in the downtown historic district, and uh, they uh, Uh, were in front of the Historic Resources Board, which uh, uh, voted uh, three to two that they felt like it would have a a negative impact on some of the historic properties in the district. Uh, uh, Staff had recommended approval uh, of uh, that review. And uh, so, the developers have elected to appeal uh, that decision uh, to the city commission. So, uh, that's really the first public hearing that uh, we're asking the, the commission to consider uh, is to consider the appeal from the developer about that decision. Uh, the commission has to take a couple of uh, things under consideration. They'll hear the various arguments for that uh, this evening, um, that uh, there's no feasible or prudent alternative in the construction of the museum of art and light at that particular site and that the proposed project uh, has included uh, all possible planning to minimize uh, harm on such property resulting from the use and uh, the main objection uh, as i recall from the that was specified by the board was they felt like the it was kind of more of a modern style and uh, a little bit larger uh, than some of the buildings that are surrounding it is on the edge of the historic district uh, Again, they're the only thing that's being uh, taken down is was a service garage uh, that was in the parking lot uh, that would be replaced. Uh, the the building that they're renovating is a is classified as a non-contributing uh, building to the historic district already. So, but the, like I said, they are preserving it as well. Uh, I think there's there's this obviously something the commission has worked on a long time. Uh, it's a, a forty. million uh, improvement uh, museum. There's uh, uh, some of the things associated with the second item on the public hearing is uh, uh, a land. So in addition to the land that they purchased, uh, they want to utilize the portion of the mall parking lot, which lies to the west of 3rd Street between Pierre and Houston Street. And so they're uh, purchasing, buying out the lease from the mall. The city actually owns that and has a long-term lease uh, with the mall for the use of the property. And so uh, that's tied up in the in the as part of the action in the second public hearing, in addition to the redevelopment plan. So there's a lot going on uh, with the Museum of Art and Light there uh, tonight, and uh, the commission needs to uh, consider uh, uh, several items. They're in a quasi-judicial role in the appeal. Uh, from that that standpoint, so uh, uh, again, uh, staff is recommending that they override the board. We think uh, that it does meet uh, uh, the standards and does not uh, have a significant negative impact on the district.
0: You know, it's surprising here the the, the vote being three to two. This is a seven member board. I know it sounded like one of the board members is no longer there.
1: Um, I'm not sure
0: about the uh, the other person who didn't vote.
1: Yeah, I, there was. I think everybody that was there did vote. Um, there was a there was an absence that, that okay. didn't participate. Okay, it was just an absence. All right. Yeah. Because who
0: knows? That might have been. If it had been three to three, it would have probably failed, right? I mean,
1: yeah, it wouldn't have.
0: Uh, the motion uh, to deny wouldn't have passed. Correct. So th- this is a pretty close margin here. Interesting here. The the we talked about the history a little bit. Uh, we we know that the city has uh unanimously supported this uh, project going forward here in in the past and the role tonight is is a little bit different here in the quasi judicial how does that process work then how, what what merits do you have to go off of here so
1: weekend? it's really those those two findings that uh you know what is that uh, how does the does the project as proposed have a negative impact on the Secretary of the Interior Standards, uh, or is there compatibility, that the uh, developer did uh, uh, make some adjustments in the location. They did reduce the size of the building somewhat. Uh, they did add some limestone uh, to some of the materials. Uh, the two big objections, as I recall from the, the, the board, well, the majority of the board was that uh, they felt like uh, they, they could do more uh, in material change uh, to the to the structure, and then uh, they they also felt it was uh, the height uh, was was more. Although there's much taller buildings uh, in in the historic district uh, than than what this is proposed to be. Uh, the Wareham is a pretty large building, so you know it's one of those things where I think it was really more the makeup. It's a modern, more of a modernistic museum. Uh, again, uh, on the periphery, I think the you know so the. Uh, architect uh, for the uh, applicant will uh, certainly make a case as they did uh, uh, in front of the board and the commission has to weigh those issues to determine and make some findings uh, relative to uh, uh, the, the facts that are brought up before them tonight at the public hearing and, and the staff report and, and all of the specifics that are made for them.
4: As you bring up that architecture, Ron, um sort of bringing it into context as to why that's important in the decision um the specific standard that the historic resources board objected to or found um, was an objection about was standard nine from the secretary of the interiors uh standards for rehabilitation here and that includes it kind of focuses on new work and it specifies their new work shall be differentiated from the old and shall be compatible with the massing, size scale and architectural features to protect the historical integrity of the property and that's kind of where that uh their hang-up comes from is around that language there right
1: yeah and that's uh will there'll be discussions on both sides of that issues and pros and cons and that's really the uh the issues that the commission will have to evaluate and weigh in on tonight
0: and of course uh, the de have appealed this and that's kind of the hang-up here um as far as uh this being delayed uh because of this decision. Is that uh, something that is kind of on their minds
1: here? Do you know? Well, I, you know, this was something that was always uh, uh, planned uh, for the project. It, it's really the, the issue of the building permit. They're not ready for the building permit. The, the process we're in right now is to consider the redevelopment planned. Uh, there will also be a, a development agreement uh, uh, at a future meeting with them if this moves forward. And I um, that will develop. There's a there's an alley that has to be vacated uh, between uh, behind the Sears building now. That and there's a sanitary sewer line that has to be relocated. So uh, the development agreement will deal specifically with that, and then just some of the uh, uh, provisions within the agreement of uh, uh, the closing on on the various properties uh, for the the city tract and how that uh, uh, ultimately comes together for a construction project. All right.
0: Wynn, I know you can't say a whole lot on, on this. You can't say how you're going to vote, and I get that. So, uh, but is there anything regarding the project here that uh, you can weigh in on?
3: Yeah, I just think, you know, people have to look at the history of it. And, and, you know, the way I see it, you know, we've got a little bit of a problem. When people complain about, you know, city processes and regulations slowing down development, well, this is a classic example of, of why people complain about that because it's an additional hurdle that uh, has been put in place. But the history of it is, you know, the original location basically changed because people came before the commission and, and said they didn't like it. And the Bryans, you know, changed it to, to basically comply with what was complained about before. And of course, the commission has voted, to my recollection, three times to support this, all five zero. And so that's the historical part of it. And then we'll see tonight what's, what's presented. And the commission will review that and uh, end up having to, you know, take a vote on it.
0: All right, we'll see what that, that entails here this evening. Uh, we'll take a break here and uh, more in focus in a moment here on News Radio KMAN. Welcome back into In Focus on News Radio KMAN. We're talking with our city officials here today City Manager Ron Fear and Commissioner Wynn Butler. The City Commission has their legislative meeting tonight at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions tonight, we uh, will. Encourage you to call in 537 1350 and uh, keep it brief, and we'll move on here on the program. Uh, we've got one more public hearing to consider, not in downtown, but this uh, having to do with uh, ongoing construction now at Metal
1: Arc Hills, and this is uh, with a utility easement, so maybe not as controversial. Right, it's a pretty straightforward item. You've got uh, on the Metal Arc campus. Uh, several utility easements uh, there that service that. Uh, they've got an area that currently I think is occupied by maybe a duplex that they're going to uh, demolish and replace with a larger apartment building. And there's a, a water line uh, that kind of sits there that is in the way. And so they need to uh, vacate that existing water line and, and dedicate a new one. Uh, and then they'll, they'll be required to pay for uh, that relocation of that water line in conformance with their their new construction, but uh, they need to go through this process to do that vacation and get a new easement uh, established uh, for those improvements. All right, so uh, again, nothing uh, too interesting
0: there. I, I I will say that the metal arc, uh construction up there has really totally changed that landscape. It's uh, neat the uh, improvements they've made up there.
1: Yeah, they've got a uh, incredible. Uh, uh, campus and, and community in and of itself that uh, uh, has a, a lot of a uh, lot of infrastructure and then this is just uh, continuing to uh, provide improvements uh, for for that living center uh, for both uh, independent and assisted care so they do a great job up there. All
0: right, well we'll move on to the general agenda here tonight and that has a couple of items on it. Item A. Uh, is considering applications to the Kansas Department of Emergency Management for hazard mitigation floodplain grants uh, for 925 and 929 Village Drive, Countryside Estates, and 1115, 1119 Garden Way. This must be around Wildcat
1: Creek. Some of them are. Uh, a couple of them are. Um, okay. And this was this is one of those items that we wouldn't necessarily because it's a it's a grant application uh, uh, to to FEMA and not something that we would necessarily. Uh, uh, just bring to the commission out right out front but it's there's there's it's fairly unique in that usually in those grant applications we have a uh, a significant match requirement uh, that needs to be talked about and identified for that and so a couple of these are are unique in, in and of themselves i guess i'll start with the more traditional one there's properties at uh, 925 and 929 uh, Village Drive. These are air, These are some properties that have been impacted in the past by flooding on Wildcat Creek. Uh, and then uh, the property owners, these are all voluntary uh, circumstances where the property owner has uh, agreed that uh, they would like to enter into this mitigation program. And so uh, those two particular properties, uh, the grant would cover the acquisition uh, of those properties. And then the uh, either the salvage and relocation of a, of a home or some portion of it that, that can be done, uh, but then ultimately returning that site, to demolishing the foundation, whatever's left there, and returning that site to green space. So, uh, so that's not impacted, and it has to remain green space in, in perpetuity. Uh, from that uh, flood protection zone aspect of that and so for that particular one the uh, the total amount estimated there for those acquisitions and the uh, demolition or relocation as well as the uh, site recovery there is about two hundred and thirty almost $231,000. The, it's a 75% uh, FEMA share of about 173000 leaving about $57,705 as the city's 25% uh, local match. And so uh, we utilize uh, some of our stormwater funds, uh, typically, uh, for those matches. And so, th- again, that one's uh, pretty straightforward. Uh, The other one in the Wildcat Creek uh, watershed is the gardenway, and this is the uh, senior tax credit units that uh, are there. There's a couple of of different – they were built in phases. Uh, They've had uh, some pretty significant impacts over the years and and obviously very difficult to – uh, try and evacuate. Usually all of our flood events on Wildcat are a flash flood uh, perspective where you don't have a lot of time uh, to evacuate folks as it inundates fairly quickly. Uh, and so those owners uh, are would like to build somewhere where they don't have to worry about flood evacuations. And uh, they're uh, uh, proposing to cover the local match, uh, if you will, for this buyout. So instead of the city putting up the 25%, uh, the owners would put up the 25% match. Uh, that particular project is estimated to be about $4.4 uh, million. Uh, the, the grant uh, would cover about 3.3, and so that local investment uh, in that project would be about $1.1 uh, I believe they've uh, been visiting with the Manhattan Housing Authority on on some of the property that they have on the Carlson place uh, area in the in the downtown area of Manhattan as one of those potential sites uh, for that to occur uh, of course this is again the grant application to FEMA that would need to be approved by them before that c- process uh, could move forward so that's really one of the big reasons that uh, it's a it's a unique property, and there's likely some salvage activity that could occur uh, in a lot of those uh, particular units uh, as part of the uh, uh, demolition. But ultimately, that's an area that has had repeat flooding, repetitive flooding, and so it would be eligible and certainly gets, uh, gets that uh, those folks out of uh, harm's way if that were to come to fruition. And then the final one is a, a little bit unique, and it's out here uh, in the northeast part of town in the blue River watershed and it's a countryside uh, home, uh, mobile home park. And it's, um, they have some uh, vacant tracks, about seven tracks, uh, where they could put in some new units. Uh, And what this will do is uh, create a a pier system to support those new units. So it's more of a a flood protection uh, circumstance, which would uh, protect those units uh, from being swept off uh, uh, off their foundation and provide some protections to elevate them uh, above uh, that, that floodplain and giving them some security. Uh, that's about an estimated cost of about three hundred twenty-five thousand. The grant would cover about two hundred and forty-four, uh, and then the local match was about eighty-one thousand. And so again, the property owner has agreed to pay for that local match because it's a benefit to their property. So it's. Uh, uh, All of them have a little bit unique, but uh, all looking at uh, uh, different ways to mitigate some of those flood hazards.
4: Those uh, Garden Way Senior Tax Credit homes, are those the National Church residences out there? They are. The National
1: Church residents are the owner of that property, and they have some other property, including in the downtown area. Hmm.
0: Well, it's certainly interesting, because I I know that the uh, Labor Day flood of 2018 is still fresh in a lot of those folks' memory. Certainly this seems like a a major benefit, especially in that area. Um, Going back to the the green space there, is that something, is there going to be more, are we going to see more of this, do you think, down that area?
1: So we have done some uh, in that particular area uh, already. Uh, There's another apartment complex just to the uh, east of the National Church Residence property that was bought out a couple years ago. I think the last time we did was 19, uh, pre-COVID. Um, mm-hmm. We hadn't really done any since then. And so uh, that would be the goal for some of those areas that have had repetitive flooding. Uh, we've we've bought out uh, some houses on, on Bethany. There's been some buyouts uh out here in the Dix edition, So that, I mean, that's part of our process to try to do flood mitigation measures for uh, houses for sure that we've been focusing on are ones that have had significant impacts from flooding, uh, both uh, both on the Wildcat Creek tributary as well as uh, as the Blue River tributary.
3: Okay. And most of those, uh, you know, like even the ones on Bethany, they, you know, I think the first year is on the commission they flooded and then they flooded again in 2018. So a lot of these are repeat, and, and there isn't anything you can do, you know, about preventing it a third time other than buying them out. And so I think, you know, these are pretty good, especially those last two that Ron talked about because it won't cost the city anything. It's good for the people that own it, and it's good for the city. The first one costs the city a little bit of money, and, of course, you do take those properties off the tax roll. so that's the, the downside. And then when you have green space, well, Parks and Rec has to do something about taking care of it, so... You know, it's not just green space. It's, it's you know, you got to do something with it, maintain it to a certain extent.
1: There have been uh, previous uh, uh, buyouts in the Village Drive area as well. All right. Well, and I know, uh, not to bring up the
0: Manhattan Development Code or anything, but like going forward, uh, have any regs been changed with development in that area down along Wildcat Creek?
1: So there have been. Uh, we have the uh, Community Development Zone, so it's an extra... Uh, elevation, um, I want to say it's another foot to two foot of, of increase uh, required for uh, new construction. Of course, most of that area is fairly well established except for some of some of the newer areas that you get to to the west but it does have uh, uh, other practices of if you do some fill in the floodway you have to compensate for it uh, so comp- compensatory fill within the nearby area of the watershed so if you're filling in the floodplain, you have to take an equal amount of fill out of the flood plain somewhere uh, close by uh, and then uh, we uh, Even before the development code, we've had a setback distance for construction from streamways. Uh, I think that will be likely revisited as we revisit the stormwater master plan. All right. We'll we'll
0: continue on here in a moment. Uh, We've got more to cover yet here. Um, uh, I'll tell you what. Well, yeah, let's take the break here, and we'll come back. We'll cover the last item here on the agenda and move on to consent in a moment here on News Radio KMAN. Final segment of In Focus here on a Tuesday morning. News Radio KMAN. We're talking City Commission. We've got uh, City Manager Ron Fear and Commissioner Wynn Butler in the studio with us here. Seven o'clock, the meeting tonight for the City Commissioners at City Hall. And uh, of course, a number of ways you can tune into that. You can go there in person. Cityofmhk.com slash TV, Cox Cable Channel 3, and the City's Facebook page, I believe, also shares those as well. Um, One last item here on the general agenda, and that is uh, considering uh, charter ordinances pertaining to the governing body. What's going on here?
1: So one of the things that the commission has been spending some time on over several – really since the first of the year is just looking at our procedures and operating uh, uh, aspects of – uh, the Commission as, a, as an entity and, and just some of their, their operating platforms and rules. And as we've looked at uh, these particular issues, um, one of the things that uh, we've discovered is that uh, several of our charter ordinances that uh, – uh, and, and a charter ordinance is an, is an ordinance that was passed locally that allows us to de- deviate from a state statute that's not uniformly applicable to all cities. Um, so, uh, there's various reasons you might uh, make those adjustments uh, for that. And so, the, there's, there's two items here for consideration. And, and one of them is to uh, start the process to uh, repeal uh, three charter ordinances that the statutes for the that the reason that the charters were originally developed for no longer exist. <laughs> so it and, – and then the other thing is – so one of those things we try to do is, is to replace those charter ordinances with regular ordinances because with a charter ordinance, you have to go through uh, the charter process, which allows for 60 days uh, for public comment after you've passed second reading uh, and then – and creates a situation where a, a citizen can petition uh, to require uh, uh, a particular potentially a vote on that particular item so uh, the other one is actually uh, asking the Commission to approve a new charter ordinance uh, on uh, to, to that deals with filling vacancies the the, the legislature put in place a provision uh, that requires all cities to kind of well not it's again it's not uniformly applicable because you can charter out and, and usually the cities across there's 400 and some cities in Kansas. I think that I might be a little short on that one actually. Uh, I don't have it from the league, but there's about uh, 30 first class cities. You have a lot more second class cities, and then you have a lot more third class cities. So uh, not all statutes are effective the same way to all levels of cities. So that's why you can get these charters. But the legislature tries to. Act holistically uh, sometimes, and and want something to apply to, to to everybody. But this one uh, uh, would establish a process for filling vacancies uh, on a governing body. Uh, this would be if you know current current commissioner uh, moved or had uh, uh, for whatever reason was no longer willing to serve. Then the statutes lay out a process for how you would go about filling that position and. Uh, sometimes uh, those are close to elections and sometimes – so typically in the past, uh, the commissioners have agreed on a person to fill that position temporarily. So it gives – this would give that flexibility to commission to create their own procedure uh, for filling that, uh, that position. So that's the study of that process. But this is – even though there's some action items here tonight, uh, the, the goal is we have a, a meeting scheduled in May – uh, for the Commission to to really uh, kind of uh, hammer out and discuss what these new regular ordinances will be uh, for determining some of their policies and procedures uh, uh, for them to to operate and, and really a good policy guideline for uh, how the Commission uh, uh, functions and and operates is the is the goal here and that's uh, again hopefully you're going to see this uh, on several agendas here as we uh, proceed. Uh, towards May 3rd, and then ultimately have some adoptions of some regular ordinances to, to replace a lot of these charter ordinances uh, by June 7th. One of them is uh, the charter ordinance number seven. would
0: By repealing that, would that allow you to have your meetings at any
1: time then? So it, it gives us more flexibility. So okay. right now, uh, technically, if we want to have a uh, let's just say we have an important item that we'd like the Commission to consider that's uh, in conjunction with a work session. Um, so uh, sometimes we've had a special meeting uh, for that purpose. And, and so it's it technically w- we announce our schedule of me- meetings for the year uh, at the beginning. And so the, this, this current charter ordinance says, you're limited to that. <laughs> and okay. so you have to have a, a, a really good reason to have a special meeting and it can't be uh, something that's gotta be something very unique. So it's really more of a flexibility. So if the commission wants to have a special meeting at, at a particular time, uh, it allows them to create a, a policy for how that goes about to get established.
3: It makes it a lot more nimble. Like, I, I can think back, you know, when we went through all this COVID stuff and the, the county would change a rule. And, you know, the city at one point we, we tried to align with the county on a mask ordinance and then it, uh, the county changed it. But because of this requirement on meetings, we couldn't react for two weeks.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So there was no way to stay aligned with the county. Which was, which was one of my goals, was to stay aligned with the county and the health department. But this old statute actually prevented us from doing that, and it delayed it by, you know, two weeks. And so we need to have the ability, as I say, to be a little bit more nimble so that if, if something important comes up, that we can adjust the schedule. And we just haven't been able to do
0: that. All right. So Thursday, Friday meetings, a so very... Uh, probably, probably not. Okay, but it'd
1: okay. be unusual to do that. <laughs> I mean, people are used to the commission meeting on Tuesdays, but you know, it could be that if they wanted to have for you know, there's just a ton of stuff coming forward mm-hmm. and a lot to jam into two meetings. So maybe we do have a, a legislative action every Tuesday. You know, right. for for that particular month, it gives you that flexibility to to you know, you don't have a, a meeting that presses past midnight when the next time, where, where if you evened it out because you had that flexibility, uh, you could make it better for everybody.
3: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. We did pass a, an ordinance saying the meetings, were not supposed to go past midnight. And then as soon as we passed it, the next meeting, the commission voted to go past midnight. You know, so so that, that's the <laughs> other thing. I think we, we t- sometimes pile way too much in there, you know, to have people sit there from 7 o'clock till midnight and everyone's very tired. And so the, this gives us the ability to have some flexibility and i like that
0: all right well we've got just a few minutes left here and uh, i know they've got some consent agenda items we probably want to cover uh Ron, where should we sure
1: see? we do uh so we've got uh, uh some just some first reading of an ordinance to kind of verify some no parking restrictions in certain areas across town that uh, the city engineer had put in place by temporary order uh, we also have uh, request for proposals. Uh, This is for the uh, sale of the city properties at 620 and 621 South Juliet. Those are our uh, fleet and public workshops. And of course, we're under construction of our new joint maintenance facility and uh, part of the uh, uh, funding for that was to uh, sell these existing sites uh, and get them back on the property rolls. Of course, the possession wouldn't occur until after we're moved into the new facility, which is anticipated to be next spring sometime. So, uh, But we would like to uh, – uh, there, there has been interest in some of these properties in the past, and so uh, we're starting that process to, to sell those uh, two particular lots and asking for the commission to concur with that. Uh, we also have uh, uh, let's see where I'm at here there we go. Uh, a request for uh, proposals to do some uh, improvements at our wastewater treatment plant dealing with our biosolids. This is a CIP item that's uh, been in the CIP for a while and uh, uh, it's a pretty significant improvement on various uh, uh, improvements at our wastewater treatment plant to uh, increase the, the biosolid content of the solids, and so to, to manage that waste stream, it involves some improvements uh, to build a new lagoon on our biosolids farm and, and some of the way we, we manage that, as well as some uh, wastewater treatment plant improvements. Uh, again, this is something that's been forecasted and, and planned into the improvements and uh, something that uh, we're willing to start the process we, it starts with design. Uh, so this will be to, to select a firm uh, uh, to work on the design as well as uh, uh, I think we're looking at potentially doing a construction manager at risk, but you know we're probably at least two to three years away uh, once we start the design process. Uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, infrastructure grants out there as well uh, that might be uh, uh, certainly help to pursue, but typically we run something like this through the state's uh, low interest loan program uh, for a, a long term, very low interest uh, program, and again that's kind of been. Uh, Uh, scheduled uh, through our capital improvements program. So we're asking for permission to proceed uh, with that particular project uh, as far as uh, the design. And then uh, we've been out uh, for uh, hiring a consulting firm, uh, Kimberly Horn and Associates out of Fort Worth, Texas, to uh, update our Americans with Disability Act self-evaluation and transition plan, uh, something that uh, k dot uh, uh, is requiring a lot of cities to, to update and do and so uh, we have a contract uh, uh, before the commission of it's a pretty steep one about five hundred and seventy thousand dollars it hasn't been updated since uh, uh, prior to uh, back in the 90s and so it's something that uh, there, this is where you're you're looking at uh, uh, a lot, of everything that the city owns, and how uh, individuals with disabilities uh, engage, uh, not only in accessing facilities or utilizing intersections and crosswalks and traffic signals and curb ramps to uh, your own facilities, and as well as your communication, uh, whether it's a commission meeting or information we're putting out there uh, online. And then we have a sidewalk project that we're bidding as well. And I hear the music, so time to stop talking. Yeah, we're <laughs> we out of time. There's a lot
0: going on here. We encourage people to tune in tonight, 7 o'clock, City Hall. That's where the meeting will be. Ron Feer, Wynn Butler, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks a lot. All right. Stay tuned. Uh, we'll have uh, Ken Coleman coming up next and uh, the Dave Ramsey Show, K-State Baseball later on today as well. Tomorrow on In Focus, we've got our USD 383 school officials, Manhattan Fire Department and Downtown Manhattan Inc.
4: It's a busy day, Brandon. Yep. And if you go, if you can't make it out to City Hall, Cox Cable Channel Three, City of Mhk dot com slash TV, or the city's Facebook page, all opportunities to check out tonight's City Commission meeting. Thanks for listening to In Focus News Radio KMAN.